The Lee newspapers may be the last of the survivors. And the party is over in L.A. Is this another blow for AM radio? And the FCC slaps Cox Radio over the proposed sale of their Florida stations. Good morning. With our opinions and comments, I'm Jackson Weaver in Seattle, Washington. My co-host in sunny Southern California, the hills of California, is is Keith Samuels. Keith, thank you for waving. <laughs> we are not media consultants. We are media insultants. So welcome to Tuesday, December the 14th episode of Media Insultant. Newspaper advertising has gone from $65 billion in revenue in the year 2000 mm-hmm. down to about $17 billion today, Keith. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's a troubled part of the media ecosystem. We don't talk about newspaper a lot, but lately there's been a lot of buzz because Alden Global Capital has been buying up newspapers, including the famed Chicago Tribune, and now Alden is circling Lee Enterprises. You want to give us a little background on this? Why are they looking at the newspaper business when it is so troubled? Well, they're looking at it because they think they can buy in pretty inexpensively. They know there's a lot of expense in in newspapers that can be cut, a lot of valuable real estate that can be sold. And, you know, it's it's, it's, what these VC guys do, which is just bleed the last bit of revenue and... uh, and profit from these properties and um, see what see how long that can last, that model can last. But I also think that Alden also needs scale. So they, they're, they're thinking that they need, they need scale to make this business work in terms of having any kind of uh, a clout with national advertisers and not to mention regional advertisers. So when they bought the Tribune Publishing Company, what was left of it because Los Angeles and San Diego had been sold off uh, prior to Alden buying Tribune this last year, you know they're they're in major markets. I mean they're in you know they're in Chicago and they're in Baltimore and they're in Norfolk and they're in you know uh, Orlando and Miami and if, you know uh, and and uh, Allentown and New York City with the Daily News. So you know they, they've got a decent footprint and they've got other properties as well. But I think this the the addition of the Lee seventy seven markets that they cover uh, is really attractive to them. Because it just gives them a much, much bigger national footprint. Yeah, but most of these markets are smaller markets. You know, you've got uh, the the Dothan Eagle in Alabama, the La Crosse Tribune in Wisconsin, and yeah, and yeah. here in Washington, the Longview Daily News. I mean, these aren't significant markets to speak of. So why do you think that's going to add to the scale that Alden is looking for? Well, here's the thing. You know, it's kind of like we've seen this in broadcast with particularly with iHeart where they've segmented their market division, markets division by market size. So here's here's Alden who eyes all you know, let's just say out of those markets there's a handful, maybe a dozen that are that are considered, you know, top 50 markets, maybe top 75 markets, you know, Omaha and Tulsa, wherever else they're at. And you know, those those can be run, you know, pretty pretty independently, but a lot of these smaller newspapers can be run centrally in terms of accounting, in terms of, uh, of printing, in terms of all, of all sorts of other cost-saving gimmicks that Alden has, has in mind to run these newspapers that they haven't already implemented. And so it's like, you know what, we can, we can run all these things uh, pretty much uh, the same and, and save a ton of money and still publish a paper in Longview. 
The sad thing about this is that Alden comes along and really sucks the oxygen and the cash out of these uh, out of these newspapers. You know, there are stories of reporters working from their cars that don't even have office space. You know, and you're right. They do sell property and they consolidate their printing. The unions, of course, are going nuts. And believe it or not, Lee has 26 unions they work with. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what never gets discussed when people are talking about buying and selling newspapers, okay, or newspaper companies. Uh, this was the same with Tribune. It was the same when the L.A. Times and the uh, San Diego Union Tribune were sold to a local owner here in Los Angeles. Is there pension obligations, okay? These newspapers are so heavily unionized and have been for 150 years, some even longer. You know, the Hartford Current, which is part of uh, uh, Tribune, is the oldest newspaper in America, you know, so continually operated newspaper. So, you know, their, their pension obligations in many cases are higher and greater than the actual value of the newspaper or the newspaper company. Right. Um, and so it's massive. And so it's this debt anchor, this obligation anchor that all these newspapers are dragging along, uh, you know, because they owe all this money on, to, the, to their pensioners, the guys that are retiring, the women are retiring. So that's part of the reason the newspapers are struggling so severely is that everything they make has got to go to the pension obligations. And it can't well, go to, you know, and it's really difficult to go to, the, to raise salaries, hire more reporters, hire salespeople to sell ads that support the reporters. And, you know, and it also comes at a time where, you know, most newspaper editors and editorial pages are very anti-business and anti-small business particularly. And those businesses who've told me firsthand, you know, just don't want to support that anymore. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of issues facing newspaper companies. You know, Alden, Alden's the bad guy because they come in, they cut expenses, they do all this stuff and ruin your newspaper. Well, the fact of the matter is your, your newspaper is probably not going to be around in three to five years anyway. So do you want it around at all? Or are you willing to let it just sink to the bottom? And that's, that's where Alden's hoping to scoop up these newspapers at, at a pretty low price. Well, in spite of things like the pension, which is obviously a serious issue, although I don't specifically know that uh, in Lee's case, the board rejected Alden's offer here a couple of days ago, saying that they were undervaluing the business. Right. And, of course, the board has a responsibility to get the most money for its shareholders. And the truth is, Keith, Alden may be the last rescue vessel to come along. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm not sure it's over. No, I think the bidding has just begun. You know, they've, 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 they've got a poison pill. They've got this and that. You know, oh, we're insulted. Oh, you know, evil Alden. You know, Lee's, Lee's, a, Lee's a pretty well-run company. This is the company that uh, Warren Buffett and his crew uh, hired to run their newspapers. They've now sold the Berkshire Hathaway newspapers to Lee. Oh, and did the loan for Lee. So they, they, they Lee borrowed the money from Berkshire Hathaway to buy the newspapers from Berkshire Hathaway. You know, it's like, <laughs> ah, okay. So, you know, this is, this is not a company that's, that's failing because they're poorly managed. It's just a tough, tough space to be in right now. And, and I think we'll see that number go up. And I think in 2022, you'll see Alden, Alden get that deal done. Well, and another deal that is uh, was popped up last week, the sale of a New York radio station, Univision, sold their radio station in New York, and they may have unintentionally thrown <laughs> cocks under the bus. But first, yeah. 
What's it looked like when the party is over in L.A., Keith? What did Odyssey do? Oh, Odyssey ended their experiment with 97.1 Now FM. And Now was, was kind of a, a, a CHR station that replaced 97.1 Amp. So Amp was CHR, and that was going up against KISS FM in L.A. and was the big battle of Entercom, now Odyssey, and iHeart. And Amp used to have Carson Daly as the morning guy. I mean, they really, they really threw it at Ryan Seacrest and KISS FM uh, for a while. They bagged the format. Carson quit, and they flipped in, in, uh, in April to now. 97.1 now. Well, they called um, it, didn't they call it the L.A.'s party station? Oh, yeah, you know, because it, it is a party here in L.A., full time. And uh, so, uh, so last week, December 6th, they, they ended the party. The party got busted. The uh, Odyssey Party House at 97.1 was shut down. And now they're simulcasting 100-year-old KNX 1070 news radio. They're, uh, they're simulcasting KNX news radio now on 97.1. What's interesting about this is that every other place that Odyssey slash Intercom prior to that CBS switched and, and put an AM news station, okay, this is not news talk. This is news radio. It's like 1010 wins, and it's like WCBS AM. You know, it's news Yeah, give us radio. 20 minutes. We'll give you the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that was, that was Westinghouse, and, and, and that was KFWB. But th- this is, but it's like that, right? It's, it's not the same news, concept, yeah. It's yeah. News, news traffic and more news. And now it's on 97.1. But there's no mention of the AM frequency on air or on their logo. So you go online to look at it, and it's not. there's no 1070. Every other AM station they flipped and simulcasted with around the country always mentions the FM and the AM. There's no mention of 1070. And why that's kind of interesting is, is that, that KNX has been on 1070 since 1921. It's right. a 100-year-old AM station, legendary news radio station, probably the greatest news radio station west of New York, if not in the country. And now it's, it doesn't exist. It's all KNX News 97.1 FM. They well, don't it doesn't get- make sense either from another standpoint too, Keith, and that is that uh, the AM station does a solid two and a half to three share pretty consistently yeah yeah so why why would you walk away from from and i realize that at the end of the day nielsen will total the two of them together right but the fact remains you know you don't want the people who are listening on am to feel that they've been abandoned and 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 you don't want to create confusion because some of that demo gets confused easily what (laughs) what do you mean i Thought this was KNX ten seventy. It's ninety seven one. What happened? Where? Yeah, where did, yeah. Where did know, my ten seventy go? I'm listening on ten seventy. I've, I've got a preset that's worn out on my, you know, on my uh, <laughs> on my car at ten seventy. You know, they built the news image at ten seventy for a hundred years. And well, you know, it was it hasn't been a news radio for a hundred years, but almost I think since the sixties. So it's an interesting move in L.A. Everybody's everybody went nuts for a week. And now it's simulcasting, and, and we'll see what happens there. Again, we're waiting to see, and, and my news radio friends are waiting to see, if they do brighten up the sound in some fashion, if they do adjust the, 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 you know, the image of the station a bit to attract a bit of a younger demo, because that's the goal, to be on FM and attract some listeners under 65. 
so it's it's kind of a work in progress, and we're going to see. But uh, this was the one place where they dropped the AM frequency out of the imaging and out of the logo. It was a different owner, but Bonneville did the same thing here in Seattle. They moved uh, what was then KBSG and Oldies Station to News Talk back in 2008, but they gave up a big boatload of billing. My guess is 8 to $10 million, not to mention the cash flow that came out of that from an, from an Oldies Station. So it's taken them years to get it back. And at the end of the day, it turned out to be probably a pretty smart move, and Bonneville had the capital to be able to do it. They're now always a top three station, but it's more expensive to run, but it does also give them an opportunity to at least not age out of their audience, and I think there's some real merit to moving the the news talk to FM just for that reason alone. So, uh, yeah, and I would agree, and I would agree. I think it, I think it can exist on both for sure, and, and it should for a while. But if I'm the sales manager over at KISS FM, their crosstown rival from, uh, from the party station now and prior to that AMP, uh, not only have I been probably kicking their you-know-what uh, in ad dollars since, since uh, you know, AMP went away, but I think, I think they see the handwriting on the wall and they're just going to go in and scoop up whatever was left on the, on the party station at 97.1 now. And that's already been switched over, switched over or switched pitch to KISS, as if KISS needs another 5 or $8 million in revenue when they're already doing in the 50s. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I think they went and cleaned that table pretty cleanly. Well, we'll let the party go on and follow up on it. We've got, uh, last week we talked about Cox and having a couple yeah. of stations in Florida that uh, they needed to sell as part of, part of their capitalization with um, with Alden Global Capital, which or which which bought the stations. No, Apollo. Apollo, thank you. Yep. Apollo bought those stations. They had some stations they had to sell, but gosh, you know, they kind of forgot about it, Keith. They kind of went, oh, yeah, we got to sell those. So they had to sell them by the 17th of December, just a couple of days from now. And they now, then they went back to the FCC, as we talked last week, and said, oh, the pair, the the pandemic has prevented us from uh, selling these. The market values are down, yep. and we really need another six months or a year to, to sell it. And they pulled in one of their true heavyweights, David Oxenford, to pitch this to the FCC. And boy, I'll tell you, I, I haven't seen the FCC slap anybody quite like this, uh, not in a long time. I wish they were this firm with guys like Ed Stoltz. But <laughs> they, they slapped him up. They said, you got 60 days to sell it. They were very annoyed that Cox had made no previous marketing efforts on the stations. They hadn't listed them. They hadn't put them in a brokerage book. They hadn't done anything. Uh, unfortunately, the FCC is sitting there with the precedent that they had with iHeart and the Aloha stations that they had let the Aloha stations stay in trust for years and years and years. So what happened, though, is that there is a Spanish broadcasting system wants to buy the station, particularly in Orlando, and they offered Cox six million dollars for that station, mm-hmm. and Cox countered with maybe ten, but saying SBS doesn't really understand the value, yada 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 yada. But I think the real secret there is Cox already has a Hispanic station in the market. They don't want a new competitor, and SBS is very good at competing in that space. But also, something else has just totally thrown the valuations out of whack here. What did Univision do last week that kind of went, everybody went, whoa, what was that? Yeah, Univision decided to sell WK, WQBU, 
Cape Oina, 92.7. Well, in Spanish, whatever 92.7 is in Spanish. In uh, NASA Suffolk, so out on Long Island. And it was a station they bought in 2004, okay? The heady days of 2004 uh, for $60 million. Single FM station out on Long Island. And that made sense then. That's what people were getting for stations in terms of uh, sales prices. And uh, they sold it last week for $9 million. They took a $51 million loss over 17 years, sure, but still, it just kind of tells you where, uh, you know, where, where station values are. So in New York, the New York market, Long Island technically, but you know, suburban New York, it's kind of setting a new bottom for what a good station, a good signal goes for. And so now you're Cox and you're trying to sell uh, you know, WPYO, your, your party FM in, uh, in Orlando for 10, and Univision couldn't get 10 in New York. In New York so, City, right. Oh, yeah. Right. It could be argued that the $6 million that SBS offered is the best offer they'll get. Because, frankly, if someone else had wanted the station, it would have come out of the woodwork a long time ago. The market is just dead right now for major yeah, but also, for but major also uh, <clears throat> didn't, didn't Urban One, uh, didn't Alfred Liggins and Urban One come in and start sniffing around uh, over the last week as well? So, you But know, that's you know, been lately. That's, and that's what the, has upset the FCC is, you know, basically they said, yeah, why should we extend it? And, of course, what Cox is really doing at the end of the day is they were waiting, hopefully, for a change in the ownership rules, the ceiling on the number of AM and FMs, the subcaps that you can own within a market. And they were kind of waiting for that to happen and they could keep the stations. But You, you mean they were going well, to the, run the clock out? Ooh. Yeah, that's how we're going to run the clock yeah. out. Love, so, so love, when, when, love your sports analogies. I never understand them, but that, that's, that's <laughs> running the four corners. But one quick question, Jackson. Then we'll wrap it up for the for the day. What happens if they don't agree to have a buyer by February? What's it's a great point. The FCC really can't force a sale. That's uh, that's considered a you know a civilian or a you know a transaction that they don't have any jurisdiction over. But they can corner the seller. And that's what's happening because right now Cox has got 60 days to sell it or the license technically goes back to the FCC. Now, the FCC can then uh, put it on the next allocation table and resell it or whatever they want to do from that standpoint. Cox will get something done. There isn't any question. But I don't think they want to sell to SBS, and SBS is going to complain that they were discriminated against and uh, they never get a chance. And and, maybe there's some truth to that. But we'll see what happens. uh, We'll keep it. We'll keep an eye on it. Yes. Okay. Hard stop time, Keith. Thursday we'll pick up. We're going to pick on Next Gen TV, and their strange sales pitch. I mean, it is so strange. You're not going to believe it. Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media. We do interim contract management for radio stations. Keith, happy holidays. We'll see you Thursday. Hey, thanks, Jackson. Talk to you soon. <laughs>